0: Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. If you're like me, you enjoyed collecting baseball cards, maybe other kinds of cards also. I still have some of mine. I go through them from time to time, and I've shared them with my grandkids. I recently saw a picture of Richard Anderson showing his grandson his 1958 tops set that he had gently placed in a nine-card sleeve in a notebook. And that's the best way to keep them, I think. That's how I have mine, what few I have. But I enjoy going through them. I have a favorite 1959, 1960 tops and 1954 Bowman complete sets. Those are great to collect. And there are places that you can go around town, or different shops, or to um, a couple of shows that that are held around town from time to time. I always looked at the stats on the bag. That was the important thing to me. Besides the you know the player that you got, it was not about necessarily the the great photo photography or the great color, which is an important factor in collecting cards today, especially if you have them graded. But the stats on the back, the main ones were where I enjoyed looking at where a player was from, whether he'd played for the Nashville Vols or in the Southern Association, or what his batting average was, or if he was a pitcher, what his ERA was, how many home runs a player hit, how many stolen bases a player took, and things like that. Those were the things that helped me to learn the game. Now, occasionally there would be something on there about a player that said he had a certain hitting streak or a certain losing streak or he overcame some kind of a problem in his life and, or that he participated in so many World Series, and I always enjoyed those, too. And I think that kind of piqued my interest to go along with trying to find different segments of baseball, not just the stats part, but particular things. And one of the things I always enjoyed reading about were streaks. The first one that comes to mind is on April the 16th, 1948. It's opening day at Sulphur Dell, and Buster Boguski, one of those hometown favorites. And there are lots of National Vols favorites that still get talked about today. He opened the new season with six hits in his first six times at bat, and he just missed a seventh on a close play at first, which would have been tied a record, I think, for all of baseball at the time. And that also had me me thinking about various streaks that have happened over the course of Nashville's baseball season. So I looked up a few. Here's one that Nashville was participated in on June the 27th, 1927. The winning streak for a team in the Southern Association had been 18, but that season Birmingham won 19 straight until they came to Nashville on June the 27th and Nashville beat the Birmingham Club 2 to one in 11 innings and that snapped the Barons streak of 19 successive wins. Then I thought about games played and I, I ran across this one July the 16th, 1950. Nashville defeated Birmingham 6 to four and 6 to three. And they scored in the final frame of both games for the wins. It's the 13th game of the season in which the Vols won in the last inning. And in that doubleheader, catcher Carl Sawatsky, another favorite, Swish Sawatsky, caught the first game, but in the second game, he was replaced by Eddie Fernandez. And that ended a 61 consecutive game streak at catcher for Sawatsky. Pretty good. I still don't know how catchers get up and down through a full season. And then there was a, another streak, like um, on-base streak. In 1956, on May the 25th, Nashville Vols third baseman Tommy Buckshot-Brown of the Nashville Vols set up probably an organized baseball record when he reached base for the 20th consecutive time. He had 10 hits and 10 walks during the streak. I think that's pretty pretty incredible. And then on June the 11th, 1963, Nashville lost a game to Charlotte in 8-6. Uh, they were a member of the South Atlantic League for that one season. And Vols shortstop Marv Staley had five singles and a walk. And that brought his consecutive on-base streak to 12. Now, that's not quite up to what Tommy Brown did in 1956 with 20. But I did find these stats about Staley during his stretch. And he's only 18 years old. During that stretch, he increased his batting average to .346, on seven singles, two doubles, two walks, and was hit by the pitcher once. And then, of course, there are hitting streaks we all remember. Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak, setting an American League record and a Major League Baseball record of 56. And then Pete Rose had 44. I'm not sure if that was ever if that was ever challenged or not. That was set a National League record. But there were some hitting streaks that involved Nashville players goes all the way back to 1915, on May the 13th, Nashville's first baseman, Gene Paulette. His 18-consecutive game hitting streak that began on April the 26th ended, and that streak set a Southern Association record and lasted, I think, for 10 years. Before 1925, Nashville shortstop Johnny Bates got two hits in a game against Atlanta, which began a 46-game consecutive hit streak. That ended on September the 17th, 1925 against Little Rock. His streak ended after two hits on the last day of, against Milt Steengraf of Little Rock, and then the next day against the Travelers. Bates went to the plate five times, flied out three times, hit a sacrifice fly to right that drove in the runner from third, and in his last plate appearance of all things, he worked the count to three balls and two strikes for, before being walked. And during his streak, Bates amassed 72 hits and 44 runs, and he ended the season with a 349 mark. Not much is known about him. I'm not sure that the major leagues records, which he had a very short career there, if that's even him, is his baseball record and personal history are incomplete from what I can find with some questions about his birthday, generally accepted as August the 21st, 1882, born in Steubenville, Ohio, which, if true, would have him as a 43-year-old during the record-setting year. So I'm not really sure that those records are complete. I do know that 20 years after Bates set the record, Harry Chosen of Mobile uh, had three more hits in in a consecutive hit streak to 49 And superstition often enters into these streaks we've heard over the years. And Chosen's was he used the same bat, which happens a lot of times I hear, even sometimes using somebody else's bat. But he used the same bat, and the unusual thing about that was when his streak ended, he admitted that the bat had been broken on the first hit of that streak, and he tacked and taped it together and used it the entire time for his 49-game streak. One of our favorite players, Buddy Gilbert. Buddy Gilbert is, a, is just, he's still alive, lives in Knoxville. He has great stories. He's a fun guy to talk to. He had a streak going to at one time, June the 27th of 1958, in Nashville's 10-4 win over the Memphis Chicks. The center fielder struck out twice, flied out once, and walked twice, and his 16-game hitting streak came to an end. But it was a pretty good 16-game hitting streak. He had nine homers. Nine, nine homers in 16 games is pretty good anyway. He drove in 25 runs and hit for a 467 average. He had 28 hits and 60 plate appearances. Now, I think that's pretty outstanding as well. Now, going back to superstition on July the 20th, 1957, after failing to get his 17th win in three consecutive starts, Bob Kelly switched his jersey number to 17 for his game against Chattanooga. And he struggled for 11 innings as the Vols took the win 7-6. to six. Now, it broke a Nashville losing streak at five games and the Lookouts winning streak at six. Sad part about that is there are only 1,801 fans in the stands at Sulphurdale, which, you know, that's the way things were going in those days. Now we come to losing streaks. On May the 10th, 1950, Nashville won a game against Little Rock, 7-1, and it dropped the Travelers to their 21st consecutive defeat, which set a record in the Southern Association, Uh, the record that had stood for 33 years. But the next day, Little Rock turned around and beat Nashville 6-5, and it ended that game, that record-setting 21-game losing streak. That was the record that stood until 1961 when the Southern Association closed up shop. But going back to superstition once again and combining that with losing streaks, in an effort to halt their losing streak on August the 20th of 1915, Mobile batters draw lots to determine the lineup for their game against Nashville. The Vols beat Mobile 7-3, so the lottery lineup didn't quite do it for Mobile that game. Well, there are some interesting streaks. I hope you've enjoyed listening to them. Uh, If you have something that you'd like for me to talk about, our research for you, you can contact me at 262 downright at gmail.com or you can go to baseballinnashville.com, click on the contact tab, fill out the form and send me a message and I'll respond to you and also put it on my file list of things to talk about for the future. Baseball season is in full swing. I hope you're taking in your games for your favorite team and always enjoy the game. I know there are lots of things going on, lots of people to talk to, Lots of interesting things happening around the ballpark, but enjoy the game. Be sure and watch the game and keep score if you can. I think it's another uh, aspect to baseball that is intriguing along with reading the back of those baseball cards. And if you have a baseball card collection, I encourage you to go back and take a look at those too. I do that often to remember, to bring back memories of the early days of collecting baseball cards and uh, discovering stats. Until next time, this is Skip Nipper.